So I'm excited. Uh, I really am excited about this morning. I'm excited about where we're headed as a church. Um, I think about us and I think about um, often we don't always know where we're headed. Uh, We kind of have an idea of what we want our lives to look like. Uh, But sometimes it's really hard to to get there. Um, We don't always have the next steps. We we want our lives to look a certain way, but uh, without a little help or guidance, we often just don't get there. Um, And so we're going to start this series called Life's Healing Choices. And uh, I hope that through some decisions that we can each make, uh, that we'll begin to see some healing in our lives. Um, And and so I was thinking uh, just over the last couple weeks, and I've been... uh, guilty of doing this as well in my own life and as I teach, uh, just like this new year, new you, right? We always get to this point where a year goes by, we start a new year and we think, okay, this is going to be the year. I'm, I'm so glad that this last year has passed me. I didn't do what I wanted to do. And, and now there's going to be a way of some, some new life uh, in this new year. And um, I just, what if in, in 2020, as 2020 comes in a year, um, we're not thinking that way. Uh, we might be ready for 2019 uh, to, to pass, just some difficult things that will come up in your life as it has in ours. There's going to be this like, okay, I'm ready just to, to get past that. But in the things that we can control, what, what if at the end of this year and as we look into 2020, uh, we have found some healing in our lives, that we have each made some decisions where we think, man, life looks completely different this year, that I'm not necessarily ready to move into 2020. Um, that we're not, we're not at that place again where we think, okay, th- this is going to be the year. Like, I'm going to be new this year. What, what if something could happen in our lives um, this year? And so my goal in this series is that we could get to that place. Um, and, and I just, the things that we can control is what we're going to focus on. Uh, there's a lot of things in your life that you can't control. Um, you can't control what happens um, to you, to the people around you. We can only control how we respond when things come up in our lives. And so we're going to focus on those things. Um, And and what my goal for us is that we'll be healthy, holistically healthy, not just that we'll eat better, but I'm talking deeper than that. I'm I'm talking about healthy minds and hearts, healthy relationships, healthy uh, as we move through our past. Uh, I just want us to be at a place where we're healthy. um, And and I think that we could get there. So this eight-week series is going to just be these choices that we're going to begin to make uh, that will bring some health to our life. And so I I think these will help us get to where we're trying to go. Uh, Just a little uh, brief thought. Um, There's a program called Celebrate Recovery. Maybe you've heard of that before. Uh, It's a program a lot of churches do. It happened uh, a long time ago at a church in California called Saddleback. And they realized that that people had these things in their lives. And and the language they use is is hurts, hangups, and habits. Um, and, And so they started a program. How do you begin to help people move through their hurts? Uh, the, the hurts that they have in their, their hearts? Uh, how do you begin to help people move uh, past and through the hangups that cause pain? Uh, how do we help break the strongholds uh, of uh, the, the things that are going on in our, in our lives? So the, the hurts and the hangups and the habits. And, and when we can begin to make some healthy choices around those things, when we begin to pay attention, uh, maybe God will take us somewhere that he wants us to be. And I think if we're honest... Uh, we could all find one of those places in our lives. Um, a hurt that has happened to us. Someone has done something to us or said something about us. And it could have been last week or it could have been 20 years ago. And there's just deep in our heart, there's this hurt that we've never really dealt with. 
or a hang-up, something that's happened, we've never really dealt with, we've never moved through, and you probably don't even realize it, but it might be impacting your relationships and your life, and you're just not healthy because of it. And then there's habits, uh, the decisions that maybe you make every day that just aren't bringing life to you and to the people around you. And so we wanna look at those things. We wanna take an honest look and, and figure out how we move through those. Uh, we're gonna pay attention to the Sermon on the Mount, it's the Beatitudes. Uh, but I want to pay attention to what happens before that. It's really the only place we really see Jesus kind of stop and preach. Uh, but just before that, in the end of, of Matthew 4, uh, we see that Jesus begins his ministry and he begins to call some people to follow him. They're just called disciples. Uh, and he begins to go out and he begins to pick some people. He invites them to follow. No one got to sign up. No one got to choose to do that for, with, with Jesus. Jesus goes to people and he goes to the people who would normally be chosen uh, they're not the valedictorians of the class. They, they weren't the, the star of the team. They were really the people who were overlooked, who would not be chosen. And Jesus goes and says, I, I want you to come and follow me. And then immediately after that, we have this uh, story. It's found in Matthew 4, uh, verse 23 through 25. If you don't own a Bible, there is a Bible around you somewhere. Uh, we'd love for you to have that. That's our gift to you. Um, as you look around, you might begin to see that Bibles may not be around you. Uh, we have extended the invitation to take Bibles. It has happened, which is really, really good. Uh, and so we're looking to replenish our Bibles. Um, and so if you want to make a, a, a donation, if you want to help us do that, um, we, we would like to refill the pews. And so if you want to do that, let me know. Uh, it is important for us to, to put that in, in people's hands. And so honestly, if you need a Bible, please, please take that. The, the page number on there will help you find the, the scripture. But Matthew 4, 23, 25, it says this. It says, Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom. So Jesus comes and he talks about the kingdom of God that was always thought of out there is now here, that Jesus has come and he's bringing a new way. He's bringing hope and life and love and joy and peace. He's bringing all of that uh, to us. He, he goes and he's preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. It says news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon possessed, those having seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them. And large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. We see in this moment, just following uh, the, the moment where Jesus invites his disciples to follow him, he, he then begins to pay attention to the people who were overlooked. Uh, see, in, in their time, and it happens even now, uh, there were insiders and outsiders. Uh, there were those who thought that they could access the kingdom of God in their goodness, uh, who they were born to, where they were from, the, the color of their skin, uh, because they were righteous for all the wrong reasons. They thought they were in. And then they thought there were a group of people who were out there uh, because of their occupation, because of their lifestyle, because of their sickness and their pain and disease. And so the people that Jesus begins to heal are the people who were seen as outsiders. Uh, those are the people that, that Jesus begins to bring life to. And so I can imagine in this moment that people begin to hear Jesus is doing that. And so some of them come on their own. But then there were some people who maybe were skeptical, maybe didn't know what was going to happen. And the scripture says that they were brought to Jesus. There were people who believed in Jesus and his grace and his love and healing power. But they, and they said, I'm going to do all I can to get those who are near to me to Jesus because they believed that healing 
could come. And this is how Jesus begins his ministry, inviting the overlooked and healing those who are full of pain for all different kinds of reasons. And so my hope is that we begin to see this God who brings healing from the decisions that we've made, healing uh, in the decisions that other people have made for us. And, and I hope um, that there's some healing um, that will come in the way that we've hurt others, in the way we've hurt ourselves, in the way that, that people have hurt us. And so really to know where we're going and to move forward, you really can't do that until you pay attention to where you're at now. You have to figure out where you're at now to be able to really move forward. And as we work through this series, if I speak about something, and, and many of you have made some decisions over the last few weeks and months and years that has brought healing to your lives. You made some hard decisions, and, and maybe you knew the process of this, and, and as we look at these healing choices. Some of you are at a place where you have found some healing. You have moved past your hurts and you're dealing with the hangups and you have found some uh, freedom in the midst of your habits. Uh, I would love to hear those. Uh, we as a community would love to hear those. If you would like to share what God has been doing in your lives as you have dealt with your hurts and your hangups and your habits, would you begin to share those? Uh, we'll, we'll help you do that. We'll, we'll shoot some video. We would love to be able to share that because I believe that your healing could be a catalyst for the healing of someone around you. That, that when others begin to see that you have been healed, that you are being healed of your hurts and your hangups and your habits, maybe, maybe there could be some healing that would come in their life. And so I, I, I hope that you would really consider sharing that with people as you have moved through those things. And so as I said before, the, the roots of this series are really found in what's called the Beatitudes. Uh, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and it's, it's interesting to me as I think about this, as I think about he's just called his followers, he just began to heal, and things begin to pick up. It's almost as if Jesus calls a timeout. And Jesus says, okay, things are going really well, but I need, to, I need to tell you some things. I need to share with you some really important information. And so we, we see this sermon, really the first one and the only one that we really get. And he thinks, before I get too far into this ministry, before I begin to continue to to perform miracles, and before I continue to heal people, I want you to have a clear understanding of the kingdom. And so, uh, as a side note, if you've never read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, if you've never read the Sermon on the Mount, uh, I would encourage you to do that on your smartphone, version app. Uh, take one of those Bibles and read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Uh, it is a glimpse into who Jesus was. If you've always wondered, well, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What does it mean to live a life like Jesus did? Jesus gives some very clear instructions on what it looks like to live as someone who is following the kingdom, who is a part of God's kingdom, not just an earthly kingdom. It'll give some advice and guidance on how to deal with some of the things that are going on in our world. How do we navigate some of the, the tensions in, in our culture? Um, it, it will give you some impact and some influence and some ideas on how to do that. And so I hope that you'll do that. Uh, we're really just going to spend some time in the beginning of Matthew 5. And today, just going to look at Matthew 5, uh, 1 through 3. It says this, Now when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, the poor in spirit could be translated uh, those who are spiritually bankrupt. Uh, another way of looking at it is to say, to realize that there is a need for God. 
When you get to a point in your life when you realize you cannot do it on your own, Jesus says the kingdom's yours. Uh, the kingdom is not for those who feel like they have it all together. Uh, the kingdom is not for those who see themselves as in control of their lives. Uh, Jesus makes it very clear the kingdom is for all of us, uh, even those who feel like they are spiritually bankrupt and realize that they are spiritually bankrupt. And so as we think about beginning to heal our minds and our hearts of healing our past and healing our relationships, we have to get to a point where we realize we're not in control. Uh, we have to get to a point where we admit our need for someone else, our need for God to intervene in those places in our lives. And there's some things that keep us from admitting our need of God and our need for someone or something to help us out. Uh, three things. The first one is just our tendency to do wrong. Our tendency to do the things that we don't want to do. Paul in, in Romans 7, he has kind of this inner dialogue, I think, uh, with himself as he begins to write uh, this, this letter. Um, and, and, and he says, uh, there's these things that I don't want to do in my life that I continue to do. Um, there's these things that I really want to do, but I find myself not doing them. It's this struggle, as the scriptures say, this war that wages within him. And he's trying to figure out, well, how do I how do, I do this? And, and then in Romans 7, 25, at the end of this, he says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who saves me, who gives me what I need in the midst of doing the things I don't want to do and the, the times when I don't do the things I want to do. Thanks be to God who delivers me. When I can't do it on my own, it is Jesus who helps me. Paul realizes his need for God to do something to help him break the cycle. That the cycle of always trying to do it on his own, the tendency for us to do wrong, we begin to rely on God. Or the, the other thing that happens when we are failing to admit our need for God is we desire to be God. And just let me tell you, um, I'm a terrible God and you're a terrible God. Um, we are not good at controlling our lives. Uh, I'm speaking from my own experience. And uh, to be honest, I, I know many of your stories. And uh, it's hard to be God. It's hard. Um, and so there's this desire from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Uh, they're in the, the garden. They're created. Uh, they're created. And uh, Adam and Eve in this moment, uh, as they're put into the garden, uh, God says, look, all this is yours. It's all yours. It's all good. And you can eat whatever you want to eat. It reminds me of uh, the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, Augustus Gloop. I don't know if you remember this. Uh, the new one. Uh, as they enter into the Chocolate Factory and Willy Wonka says, look, you, it's all yours. Right? Everything is edible. Right? If you remember the, the if you've ever seen this movie and Augustus Gloop, he, he goes for it. He ends up in the Chocolate River, if you remember this, into the the shoot and but everything is good it's all yours and so in this moment god says look everything is good eat it all but there's, there's just the one there's just the one tree just don't touch that one every everything else is way better than even that you just you don't need that don't 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 go there and then the serpent comes and they begin to believe this lie and the lie is if you eat of it you will be like god and even though everything was really good and they needed nothing else, they begin to believe this idea that, man, if I could be like God, then things would be good. And so they, they, if you don't know what happens, they eat of it. And, and then things transpire from that. 
that there's consequences, and I'll, and I'll look uh, more at that in a, in a moment. But from the beginning of creation, man and woman have had this desire to do their own thing. You have this desire to do your own thing. Uh, in the midst of hurts and hang-ups and habits, you think and believe that you could just be strong enough, that you'll get through it, uh, you'll figure out a way, uh, but, but it just doesn't, it doesn't work. Or we have this, the third one, we have this unwillingness to relinquish control. Like not, not necessarily the, the extreme of being our own God and being um, in control of everything, but we just, we don't want to give up control of maybe some areas of our lives. And so if we admit our need, then we have to admit that we're not okay. Uh, and so we say this a lot around here. You've, you've heard me say this. Um, it's okay to not be okay. Uh, but the hope, as I begin to think about these healing choices, the hope is that you'll, you'll begin to find some healing and be better. Like, it's okay to be here and not be okay. But, but what does it look like to begin to move forward? And as we begin to move forward, there's some scary things that come along with that. There's an admittance that, that we need some help, that there are some hurts in our lives. There are some things that have kind of hung us up and, and there are some habits that we need to begin to deal with. And, and part of our fear is it might damage our image. Like that, that we have it all together and, and, and people think of us in a certain way. And so uh, all you have to do is look at social media for the most part and we, we post the best of our best. The best part of our day is what we share and, and, and life is good. And those are the things we often, we often post for the world to see, for our friends to see, and our community to see. We, we want people to see the best things that are going on in our life, but it's not really reality. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I, I've shared I'm terrified of heights. Uh, there's this place in Brazil. Uh, isn't that scary? Crazy. Why would anyone do that? But see, here's the deal. It's not real. So the next picture, uh, this is a famous place uh, in Brazil. Uh, it's only a few feet off the ground. But the image, the way the picture is portrayed... The way the picture is taken gives one view of reality that's not true, right? But, but if you were able to pull back and you're able to see the whole picture, you, you, you get a better view of it. And so for us in our lives, we, we go around and people say, hey, how are you doing? I'm okay. I'm good. But man, but, but you're probably not. I mean, maybe you are, but, but for sometimes in our lives, we're, we're not okay. And I've tried really hard over the last week when people are like, hey, how are you doing? I've tried really hard not, not to just say, okay, when I'm not okay. And that can be scary. It can be scary to not be okay. Um, but, but my hope and my thought is that healing comes when we begin to relinquish control. And so instead of relinquishing control, uh, we do some other things. We avoid it. I'm just not going to pay attention to it. Those things that hurt me in the past, I'm, I'm just not going to deal with it. We deny it. We deny that it ever happened. We deny the hurts and the hangups and the habits that, that they aren't even real. And then we begin to try and escape it, right? And this is where you probably find yourself as you begin to navigate through this. Uh, we can escape it by the things we eat and how much we eat and the comfort that comes in that, uh, that what we drink and how much we drink, that we abuse something or we use someone. Uh, we give our time to things and these can be good things. Uh, this is a way of escaping the things that have happened in our lives. And so we give our time to sports or traveling or the next thing or the new thing. And so we begin to try and figure out how do we escape. And in all of that, we fail to recognize uh, that, that none of that will lead us to healing. None of that will ultimately bring hope to our life or to freedom. And so again, it can be scary to begin to admit 
that we need some help. It can be hard to recognize that we really have a need for God, that you have a need for God. That this week, that's what we have relied on as a family, just moment by moment. Like, I, I'm not gonna worry about tomorrow. Just moment by moment today, just this need for God to get you through what you're going through. But see, you have to begin to pull back, right? You have to begin to open your life and say, man, there's some things that are not well. And, and, and the, the, the hope is that you begin to see when healing happens, then life begins to look differently. But, but you have to do the, the hard work. Uh, you know, some of you provide food for us this week and some of you fix my plumbing um, again. Uh, I had some issues uh, this week uh, in the midst of everything. Uh, my, my dryer goes out and then I have water that's dripping inside my walls on my main floor and into my basement. And, and so, you know, I did what I knew what to do. I called Alan and I uh, said, uh, Alan's here in the front. I was like, uh, I need some help. And uh, I, really, I really was looking more for some... Uh, advice on what I need to do and so my father-in-law came over and helped me shut off some water and do some things and and then that night uh, at, uh, Alan and Dave West here in the middle over here uh, they said we're gonna we're gonna come over I was like no you don't have to do that and like it's not an option we're, we're coming over we're gonna fix it we're gonna find it and they brought a little camera and they're they're putting small holes and vanities and trying to find you know where's the water coming from and so eventually if you know who Chip and Joanna Gaines are they have a show called the fixer upper um, and I like to pretend that I'm uh, Chip and uh, my wife's Joanna, and they do some certain design called shiplap, if you've ever heard of this. Uh, shiplap, it's where you put boards on a wall, and the way you put boards on a wall is with nails. And um, they realized I had put a nail through my, my plumbing. And the only way you could, could really figure that out is to begin to kind of tear away some stuff. Right, to remove some boards and to remove some drywall and do the hard work of finding where the problem was. It wasn't easy, right? It'd be, it'd be great just to pretend that it's not happening, right? to deny the problem, to, to just hope that it will go away, but, but it won't. Right? We begin to pull back and to take off the mask and say, look, I'm struggling. I'm having a hard time getting through the hurts and the hangups and the habits in my life. And see, when we, when we fail to do that, there's a couple things that happen. We live in fear. Like when we don't deal with our hurts and our, and our hangups and our habits, we, we kind of live in fear. Uh, we live in fear, I think, of not only being found out, but we live in fear of God. Um, as Adam and Eve make this decision, they hide. And the story says in the cool of the morning in the garden, God comes looking for Adam and Eve, which is a beautiful picture in itself of who God is. For you, uh, if you think you've gone too far and you've made too many mistakes and that God has abandoned you or walked away from you, he has it. Um, he is pursuing you and he comes pursuing Adam and Eve and he finds Adam and Adam is hiding. He's hiding. He said, I was afraid and so I hid. I was afraid of you, God, that you would have found me out and knew the mistakes I'd made, and so I'm hiding from you. Not only does he hide, but he begins to cover himself, right? The scriptures say that they were naked and unashamed. Adam and Eve were, were not ashamed of being naked with one another, and then the moment that this happens, they become ashamed of themselves. They live in guilt, and so they, they take some plants, and they begin to cover themselves up, and let's just say that wouldn't have been comfortable. Uh, it would have caused more pain in covering themselves up and so living in fear causes more problems 
for Adam and Eve. And it does for us as well. The, the fear of people finding out or the fear that people would realize maybe I've been lying and saying I'm okay. The, the fear of just dealing with the hurts from my past. What if people don't understand what I've gone through? Right? So we, we have to believe that God fully knows us and yet he fully loves us. And, and we hope that we're around people who will do the same. Uh, but we also live frustrated, right? You've made promises. God, I'll never do that again. I'll never fill in the blank. God, if you'll just do this, I'll do this. I'll, I'll never do it again. And so we live frustrated because we tell ourselves that and then we find ourselves doing it again. And we tell ourselves, I've moved past the herd. I'm just gonna, it hasn't happened, but we really have never taken the time to deal with it. And you realize that you're weak on your own. And in realizing that, the opportunity is to recognize your need for God. And then we live fatigued. Right? We live fatigued. We get tired of running and lying and hurting. We get tired of hiding and staying busy. We get tired of trying. And so a lot of times as you begin to think of your, the things that have hurt you or the hang-ups or the habits in your life, um, that just becoming fatigued from it just often will cause us to give up. And we quit. We quit trying. We quit seeking healing. And so listen to the scripture from the Psalms. This guy named David uh, writes these really honest prayers uh, in the Psalms, and this, this that he writes, uh, most historians and uh, scholars believe this would have been written after uh, he had made a really poor decision. So David is known as this king and all these great things, uh, but he has this moment when he's on the roof of his house, and he sees the neighbor, the, the woman next door, bathing, and he basically says, I desire to have her, uh, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to have her. And so he makes some decisions, and he begins this affair with this woman, that, which causes destruction, which eventually leads to the, the killing of her husband. He puts him on the front lines and he loses his life. And in the midst of all that, like, I don't know what you think you've done in your life, but like, that's pretty bad. And so David gets to this point and this is what he writes. He says, when I kept silent, I kept silent about the things that were going on in my life. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged, I admitted, I realized. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess, I will admit my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave me. You forgave the guilt of my sin. Now, real careful with this, uh, the hurts in your life uh, have not necessarily come because of your sins. That there's been things that have been done to you or said to you that were not your fault, and I don't want you to think that's what I'm saying at all. Um, There are things that happened out of your control that you have dealt with your whole life, and it is causing some problems within your own heart and and with relationships. And I'm just showing here that David gets to a point when he says, when I kept silent, when I didn't want to admit what I had done wrong, my bones wasted away. But then when he begins to acknowledge and admit his need for God, something changes in his life. And so what can we do? Um, This is my hope, just week one, as we think about these healing choices, uh, just these are the things I would encourage you to do. One, that we would admit and confess our great need for God. As we think about moving forward, finding healing in the midst of our hurts and our hangups and our habits, 
uh, that we just right off the bat, we admit our great need for God. And this might be new for you. Maybe the church is new. Maybe coming into a place like this is new. Maybe you're not um, around a church world or the Bible. You don't know much about God. But just this first step, maybe you would just say, can I have this need for God? I have a need for God to help me get through these things. That we admit that you have a hurt or a hang up or a habit. Uh, maybe you've worked through it. Maybe you've dealt with it. Uh, but you acknowledge that you've had it and God is doing something in it, or, or maybe you've just never named it. Uh, never in your life have you been able to slow down and say, man, that hurt. That thing that happened to me hurt, and it's impacting you. There's this thing I just can't get past. There's this hang up, and you just need to name it. You need to write it. You need to speak it. Um, there is something that maybe you need to do this week as you just acknowledge that there's something in your life. Then we admit that we're too weak to deal with our hurt or hang up or habit on our own. You just can't do it. You just get to a point, and I got to this point um, a couple years ago as I thought about my hurts from my past. Uh, I had masked it and covered it up and denied it, and then I got to a point where I said, I can't do it anymore. I'm just too weak. I ha I'm not dealing with the hurts of my past. I need someone else uh, to help me. And we admit, admit that we're powerless to change our past. A couple weeks ago, I was in another service and uh, Mike Palmer, who was our district superintendent, he was talking about future and, and getting into your future and, and how we're often hung up in our past. And he used the analogy of a rear view mirror and a windshield and how a rear view mirror is meant just to glance, right? I, I just need to glance into my past that we don't stare into a rear view mirror, uh, but the windshield is so much bigger of where we're headed. And so some of you spend so much of your time looking into your past. Uh, that you, you've never been able to get through your past. And so you live in your past. And the hope through this is at the end of this, that our lives begin to move in a new direction, that there's some healing that takes place in our hearts. And as we look at the Beatitudes, as we look at the teachings of Jesus, uh, author Dallas Willard, who wrote Divine Conspiracy, where he takes an in-depth look at the, the Beatitudes, he says this, the kingdom has been open to all of us no matter where we find ourselves. When we recognize our need, we are recognizing the invitation to experience the goodness of God. Let me say that again. That the kingdom has been opened to all of us. It's been opened to you. No matter where you find yourselves today or where you were last night or last year or 10 years ago, it's open to you. And when we recognize that we have this need, that we can't do it on our own, we're recognizing this great invitation to experience the goodness of God. And it's the grace of God, the goodness of God, the grace, the forgiveness, the grace alone that has the power to heal our hurts and to get us through our hangups and to break the stronghold of our habits. It is the grace that will take us into a new future where God wants us to be. So no more next year, new you, right? Let, let's begin to do this now, let's pay attention to what is going on in our lives and trust that God will intervene and help us. Uh, Greg's going to come up and we'll sing our, our closing song. Would you stand with me as I pray this morning? God, I'm so thankful that you already know what those things are in our lives, uh, that, that you know us. Uh, you know what's happened to us. You know the decisions that we've made. Uh, you, you know the things that are our strongholds and we can't break. You know those things. And I'm so thankful for your grace and your love in the midst of those things that when you see us, that's not what you see. But you see us as created in your image and deeply loved. 
God, would you help us as we begin to make some healing choices in our lives? Uh, would you help my friends today who um, are afraid of what it might look like to begin to uncover and to pull back and to pay attention to those things in their life? I pray against the enemy. I pray against the enemy, God, who would want to keep them from doing that, of paying attention and admitting their need for you. God, we have a great need, a great need for you to be in our lives and to get us through the, the difficult times and the pain. So God, would you be near to us? And we look forward to the healing that's going to come in our, in our midst, in our family here, and in our community. I pray this in Jesus' name.